Simplicity, Lord God, make it understandable, Lord, yes. so that we may apply it, Lord yes. God, and walk what you called us to do out, Lord God, according to your will, your way, and your purpose, Lord God. For you have brought us out of darkness into your marvelous light, and God, we thank you for it. In the mighty name of Jesus, that matchless name, that wonderful name, that glorious name. The name that's above every name. Jesus. Have your way, God. Amen. And as you know, this past Wednesday, some of you may or may not know, that I was asked to minister to the family and friends of 14-year-old Omar Gates. Uh, he was the young man who was senselessly killed in an attempted robbery for a toy gun, or over a toy gun. And so... It was evident uh, during that service that there were a lot of unchurched people and a lot of people who knew very little about the church, but very little about God. Very, very little. And as I have thought about that day, uh, I have been saddened at the fact, one, that this young man had not even got to high school yet. He was actually on his way to high school. His mother talked about that, uh, to being a freshman in high school. And he was dead because of some foolishness. So the Lord spoke to me and said, we, the world, is in this predicament because there is no fear of me. And therefore, without fear of me, there is no value of life. There's no fear of me or fear of the Lord, and because of it, there is no value of life. So let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Now this 2 Corinthians is Apostle Paul's most intimate letter to the church. It expresses his heart and his passion. Now, the purpose of this letter was to affirm Paul's ministry, to defend his authority as an apostle, and to refute the false teachers in Corinth. Now, Corinth was a seaport city, a busy city, a bustling city that was filled with Gentiles. And it was filled also with immorality and idolatry. So in a nutshell, Corinth 
was off the chain. It was like us right now today. Nothing new is under the sun, right? It was under, nothing new under the sun. They had people that uh, were church people <laughs> or believers, so to speak, but there had been false teachers that had crept in. And then Paul wrote to refute what they were saying. Amen. But 2 Corinthians is a valuable guide in examining our own motives for serving the Lord, whether as lay people or as ordained pastors and evangelists. So we're going to pick up in chapter 6, verse 14. And it says this, Be ye not unequally what? Yoke together with who? Unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple, or ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them or walk among them and I will be their God and they shall be my what? People. Wherefore, another translation says, therefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you. And I will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord God Almighty. Chapter 7, verse 1 says, Having therefore these promises, what promises? The promises are found in verse 16 and 17. I will dwell in them, walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. In verse 18, and I will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters. Those are the promises that he was talking about. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us do what? Cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the what? In the fear of God. The Amplified Version of chapter 7, verse 1 says this, Therefore, since these great promises are ours, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from everything that contaminates and defiles the body and spirit, and bring our consecration to completeness in the reverential fear of God. So today I want to talk about living your life in the fear of God. Living your life in the fear of God. Let me start off this way. Living in the fear of God does not mean living in fear of God if you are a believer. Did you catch it? Living in the fear of God does not mean living in fear of God if you are a believer. The question is, what does it mean to have the fear of God? Well, I'm glad that you asked. Yes. For the unbeliever, the fear of God is the fear of the judgment of God and eternal death, which is eternal separation from God. Right? But for the believer, living in the fear of God is much different. The believer's fear is a reverence of God. 
not being afraid of the judgment and eternal separation of God. It's a reverential fear of God. Hebrews chapter 12, 29, verse 30, you don't have to go there, says this in New King James. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. The next verse 14 says, for our God is a consuming fire. Okay? As a follower of Jesus Christ, you are a part of his kingdom. You know, we are transforming believers into what? Disciples. Not just disciples, but kingdom disciples. And if you are a follower, which is what a disciple is, you are in his kingdom, which is broken down and under the king's dominion. Amen? His kingdom is a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And guess what? This is where we miss it. Everything around you is subject to that kingdom. You are in his kingdom. And everything around you, because you are in his kingdom, is subject to his kingdom. That's where we miss it. We get twisted up and think the devil is in charge. But as believers, we are actually in charge because as a believer, everything around you is subject to the authority that you have because of Jesus Christ. Now, to accomplish his purposes through you, he is going to shake you loose from anything that is not part of his kingdom. Anything. Yeah, that. That you like to do so well. I'm not going to say that too long yet. One, now check this out. One of the reasons you continue to go through the same things repeatedly and are in the same place you were last year is because you try to hold on to what you need to let go of. One, I'm going to say that again. One of the reasons you continue to go through the same things repeatedly or you are in the same exact spot that you are in last year is because you are trying to hold on to what God is trying to shake loose. So instead of clutching earthly things that are trembling and wobbling, you need to let it go and be thankful that God is shaking that thing off of you. Thank you, Lord. And when your world is shaken, serve God acceptably with reverence and awe because our God is a consuming fire. This reference and this reverence and awe are exactly what the fear of God means for the believer. This is a motivating factor for us to surrender to the creator of the universe. Proverbs 1 and 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And until you understand who God is and develop a reverential fear of him, you cannot have true wisdom 
even though you continue to ask for it. God can't give you wisdom. He wants to give it to you. But you have to give a reverential fear of him so that you can receive the wisdom that he has. Why? Because you are not qualified to receive it as long as you don't fear him. Mm. Y'all catch up in a minute. <laughs> True wisdom comes only from understanding who God is and that he is holy, just, and righteous. Deuteronomy 10, 12 in the New King James says, And now Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you but to, but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Verses 20 and 21 says, You shall fear the Lord your God, you shall serve him, and to him you shall hold fast and take oaths in his name. He is your praise, he is your God, who has done for you these great and awesome things which your eyes have seen. Remember he's talking to the children of Israel. And the children of Israel, of course, were delivered from what? Egypt. And been delivered over and over again, seeing many miracle signs and wonders. And so, the, so Moses is telling them, you shall fear the Lord your God and you shall serve him and hold fast, meaning hold tight to him. Amen? Amen. The fear, living in the fear of God is the basis for your walking in his ways, serving him and loving him. In other words, you are so in reverence and awe of God that you can't help but walk in his way. Mm. Mm. You can't help it. Because you sit in a place of so much, you sit in a place of, you are, you're so in awe of God that you can't help but walk in his ways. One of those things you need to do is remember where he delivered you from. And deliver and remember what he kept you from. Yes. Thank you. Remember how he kept you alive when you should have been dead. Yes. Remember how he paid that bill when you didn't have a dime. Yes. Remember when he kept you from an accident that you didn't know about because he had his angels around your vehicle and you did not get in that accident that the devil had scheduled for you. You need to remember the Lord your God. And if you look to him in all, that will cause you to serve him, not only serve him, but serve him faithfully. Because you need to remember how it was before you had him. The problem is some people forget what it was like before. We have a whole lot of short-term memory. Amen. Because we think because we got to a certain place now, we forget where he actually bought us from. <laughs> and it's cliche now how he bought you out of the miry clay and sets your feet on the solid rock to stay. We forget that, amen? But if you remember that and stand in awe of that and how he can deliver us from the mess that we were, we will stand in awe and we will want to serve him. Hmm? Amen. If you are a believer, you are not to be scared of God because you have no reason to be scared of Him. Let me say that again. Fear of God is being in awe of God. And if you are a believer, you have no reason to be scared of the God that you are in awe of. 
know what? Yeah, I can't wait to read it, but you got something to do down here. Amen. Amen. Uh, you have his promise that he will never leave you or what? And living in the fear of God means having a reverence for him that greatly impacts the way you live. Living in the fear of God is respecting him, obeying him, and submitting to his discipline and worshiping him in all. So I'm going to give you some practical points, okay? How to live in the fear of God. Number one is stay aware of his presence and power. You need to stay awake. Remember I just read, he'll never leave you and or forsake you. And with that promise, is that is exactly what that means. He will never leave you or forsake you. Let's go to Psalm 139. Let's dig a little bit. Psalm 139. Let's dig a little bit. You need to stay aware of his promise. I mean, of his presence and his power. Yeah. All right, you say Psalm 139. 139. And we're going to start at verse number 7. And it says this. Where or whither shall I go from your spirit, or whither shall I free, flee from your presence? If I ascend up into heaven, you are there, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, Behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Verse number 12 says, Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and light are both alike to thee. In other words, he can see through all of the darkness. Amen? Yeah. I've said it before many times, and it's been said many times. God is omnipresent, yeah. which means this. His complete essence is always fully pre present in all places. Did you... His complete essence. In other words, there is no place that you can hide from God. When he said he will never leave you nor forsake you, he meant what he said. I know that this is hard to fathom, but there is no place in creation where God does not exist in all of his divine fullness. Hmm? He meant, when he said he'd never be forsaken, he meant all of him. Not just parts of him. So let me break it down where you can really get it. As I say, ghosts can get it. Even when you are sneaking around and doing what you think you're getting away with, because you have declared yourself a believer, and even though you're sneaking around those corners and you're thinking you're getting away, you are not getting away from God. Because David just told us, if you're in hell, if I'm in hell, you're there. If I'm in heaven, you're there. 
If I'm in darkness, you there. If I'm in the light, you there. We need to stay aware of God's presence and power at all times. Amen. I know that there are times, especially in your daily life and circumstances, that you don't feel God there. How many have gone through? Especially when it's a stressful time at work. When it's a stressful time at home. When it's a stressful time everywhere around and you see everything that's going to going chaotic around you, I know it's hard to feel that God is there. But as I always have said, don't go by your feelings. Because your feelings are fickle. <laughs> your feelings are very fickle. They will let you down every time. Amen. You need to be consciously aware that he is there. Consciously aware. You need, living with the conscious awareness of God's presence will keep you secure. An awareness of his closeness will remind you that he keeps you and he cares about you. True safety in your life as a believer is not necessarily the absence of danger or difficulty as much as it is a strong sense of God's presence and power in all situations. In other words, your dangers and difficulties will not dissipate, but you need to always know and be consciously aware that God is right there with you. Amen. Just like the boys in the fiery furnace. When they heat that furnace, what, seven times higher than normally? And when they put them in there, they looked in there and they saw that it was a fork in there with them in that fire. And he looks like the son of God, even though Jesus had not been born yet. Because this was in the Old Testament. And the same goes for us today. When we go through our fiery furnaces, Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit is right there with us. And you need to be consciously aware of his power and his presence. Hmm. In this psalm, David is rehearsing the truth that nothing could possibly separate him from God. What can the devil do with you when you declare like David that distance cannot separate you, darkness cannot separate you, and danger cannot separate you, and you know that you know that you know that God is there? What can the devil do with that? Nothing. Nothing. Living with the conscious awareness of God's presence will keep you sensitive too. It'll remind you of his closeness so you will guard your thoughts, your words, and your actions. Hmm. Hmm. I'm going to leave that there. Hmm. His presence, being aware of his presence, or knowing that his presence is right there with you will, will have you change your behavior. Hmm. Boy, that means an ouch. You got all the quiet in here. Hmm. Living with the conscious awareness of God's presence will also keep you strong. 
and awareness of his closeness will remind you that you are his child and that he will continue to empower you. Galatians 2 and 20 says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The indwelling presence of Jesus is a constant source of comfort. As it was for Paul, it will be that same thing for you. Amen. Amen. Hmm? So here's how you practice this presence. I'm going to give you some practical, other practical tips. Bullet point <laughs> or letter A. One day, you need to take time to be in his presence. Amen. <laughs> take time to be in his presence. Especially if you want to be aware of it. You need to be in it. Take time. That don't mean go off in the corner somewhere and be mumbling to yourself. Or mumbling to God. That means taking time a dedicated time. Sometimes you have to take a bathroom break and go and get in the presence of God and come on back out to go back to work. But you need to take time to be in His presence, which goes right go right with you. Son. You need to take small breaks throughout your day. From what? From what you have been concentrating on and get focused or refocused. On God. But yeah. as I heard Pastor Tracy say all the time, I ask God, what, what should I do next? Yeah. Hmm? We need to ask God, what should we do next? Because yeah. hmm? he knows he's there with you. Right. He knows what you're going through, but he just needs you to ask. That's right. And keep on asking. Right. Seek and keep on seeking. Right. Knock and keep on knocking. And the door will be what? Open. Yeah. And when you when he opens that door, guess what? You're going to walk right into his presence. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. And this is one that we don't like to do or people cast aside or don't think about. That is speaking tongues often. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm going to teach on this right now. Maybe one day I will. Don't be afraid of this incredible gift that God gave us. This gift is a manifestation of his spirit and it is a manifestation that is intended for every believer. And if you don't know how to speak in tongues, speak to God anyhow because when you're speaking in tongues, you're actually speaking to God. Amen. And you can speak to them in English and you can speak to them in tongue. And guess what? God can discern what you're saying. That's right. But the one thing about speaking in tongue, the devil can't. But God can. Amen. Amen. And then this one is worship God throughout your day. Amen. Worship God throughout your day. Worship God throughout your day. And then also, talk to him throughout your day. Amen. Quit talking to everybody else and start talking to God sometime. Right. And then finally, study the word of God. Hallelujah. So take time to be in his presence. Take small breaks throughout your day.
speak in tongues often, worship God throughout your day, talk to him throughout your day, and study the word of God. You have to have, you have to, you need to stay aware of his presence and his power. Yeah. Number two, you need to acknowledge the grave nature of your sin. Acknowledge the grave nature of your sin. Let's go to 1 John. Chapter 1. Starting with verse number 5. 1 John chapter 1, starting with verse number 5. It says this. This then is the message which ye have heard of him, and declare unto you that God is what? Light. Is what? Light. And in him is what? No darkness at all. Verse number six says, If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in what? Darkness. We lie and do not the what? Truth. A biblical fear of God for the believer includes understanding how much God hates sin and fearing his judgment of sin even in the life of a believer. Now as we have learned in our Kingdom Living Discipleship class, when light is used of God in Scripture, it stands for his absolute holiness and purity. No darkness, sin, or evil can exist in the perfect light of God's presence. No darkness, sin, or evil can exist in the perfect light of God's presence. Sin is like rotten garbage to God. It repulses Him. Now have you ever smelled some rotten garbage? When you cook some fish and put it in the garden, especially in the summertime, and you go to lift that lid up, and that smell hits you just like a brick, don't it? It almost makes you want to what? Throw up. That's what sin does to God. It repulses him. Just like lukewarm, being lukewarm makes God vomit. That's what sin does to God. It makes him sick. Mm. 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 Sin is a transgression of God's law and rebellion against God. And when you sin, you are disrespecting God. That's it. They don't give us an excuse though. When you sin, you are disrespecting God. And when you disrespect God, he must discipline you for it just like your parents. Hmm? You want to see what discipline looks like? Let's go, to, let's go to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. I thought this one I was, I thought this quote when I was, after I had put it, I wrote it down. Charles Spurgeon said this, 
you may think that because you sin in secret, you will escape punishment. But it will not be so. You will be disciplined. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 6. Let's, let's go to 5, verse 5, as a matter of fact. Hebrews chapter 5, chapter 12, verse 5. Hebrews, this is around James. In that area. He's back in there. He jumped out. He does that. Sometimes. I'm pushing him off the Hebrews chapter 12, verse 5. And it says, And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as children. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son. Whom he received. In other words, he chastens you and he whoops you. If you endure chastening, God dealeth with you as sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? Verse 8 says, But if you be if you be without chastising, whereof all are partakers, then you are bastards and not sons. Or you are illegitimate and not sons. Verse 9 says, Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? Verse 10 says, For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure, but he for our profit, that we might be partakers of his what? Holiness. Verse number 11 says, Now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, because it ain't easy, and it don't feel good when you're getting disciplined by God or getting disciplined by one of your parents. <laughs> Alright? But grievous, right? Nevertheless, afterward it yielded the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised therefore. So wherefore, lift up your lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out to be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. And, up, and then go back to verse 11. No chastening for the present seemed to be joyous but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward, it yielded the peaceable fruit of what? Of righteousness. While his discipline is done in love, it still should be a fearful thing. Amen? Amen. Now, when we were children, our fear of discipline from our parents no doubt prevented some evil actions on our part, right? That is one of the things that is missing now. We have spared the rod and we have spoiled the child. Hmm? But when you knew that what you did had a consequence attached to it by way of the Board of Education PLC of Understanding, it made you think sometimes, even though sometimes you went through with it, it made you think before you did it because you knew that something was going to happen. 
The same fear we had of our parents should be true in your relationship with God. You should fear his discipline, and that should make you seek a life, seek to live a life that's pleasing to him. Now, this is the way sin works. It works, and, and it's found in James chapter 1, verses 13 through 15. You don't have to go there if you don't want to, but you can write it down. I'll just read it in the New King James. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. He tests you, but he don't tempt you. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desires have conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Romans 6.23 part A says, For the wages of sin is what? Death. It has been said that sin is first pleasing, then easy, then delightful, then frequent, then habitual. It's pleasing, easy, delightful, frequent, and then habitual. The person then becomes a confirmed sinner, then obstinate, then resolve never to repent, and then they are ruined. It's a process. It starts out somewhat, uh, somewhat not so bad. But then it progresses. And at the end of that progression is death, right? But see, God in his infinite wisdom, he already knew what we were going to do in the first place. Amen. And 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all what? Unrighteousness. Because his discipline is designed to get us to be to righteousness. And the way to get forgiven for your sin is to confess them. And then he is faithful and just to cleanse you from all your sin and unrighteousness. And the the book tells us if unconfessed sin is present in your life, is present in your life, his presence is minimized. If unconfessed sin is present in your life, his presence is minimized. It don't say it disappears, but it is minimized. You don't want to minimize. And what that does is make it hard to hear him. Yeah. We don't need that. (laughs) It makes it hard to see him. Though he's not left you, he's there, but he's minimized. Which means his voice has gotten smaller than that still small voice that can catch your attention. His voice gets so small that you can't hear him because the sin now covers your ears. Hallelujah. And if unconfessed sin is present in your life, his presence is minimized. That's why we got to repent. That's why we got to repent. Sometimes I already. Because it disappears. Because our first reaction to certain things is in the flesh. Mm-hmm. It's not normally, not, I'm going to say normally, not sometimes in the spirit first. Mm-hmm. Especially when something happens and sneaks up on you. Yeah, right. 
<laughs> because a lot when that happens, the unchastised you will come out. The undisciplined you will come out. However, when that does happen, the Bible says, if you confess your sin, yeah. he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from that unrighteousness. And what that means is, don't you are no longer bound by it. Don't let the devil condemn you into believing that God cannot forgive you of your sin because the Bible tells us if you confess it, then he can forgive it. Why? Because he's faithful to do it. Hallelujah. You need to acknowledge the grave nature of sin. Then the last thing is this. One of my favorite scriptures is, besides John 3.16, is John 15, 1 through 6. You need to stay connected to the vine. Yeah. Yep, John 15, verses 1 through 5. And it says this. I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide or remain in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can you except you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. He that abides or remains in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do what? Nothing. Nothing. Verse number six. If a man abide not in me, or re don't remain in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If you choose not to remain in Jesus, you will be thrown aside like a branch and then you wither. When you disconnect from the vine, which is a life source, <laughs> you wither. Just like a plant, when a branch is broken off of a, of a tree and it's over on the side, sooner or later, that branch is going to do what? Shrivel up. The leaves are going to turn brown and brittle. The, the, the branch is going to get uh, 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 get, uh, get brittle, dry and brittle to where you can break it. Amen. Now, those branches are gathered and burned, but this is not a description of hell, nor does it refer to the loss of salvation as a because as a believer, you are eternally secure. For God's love, the Lord that gives only God's Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting what? Life. So when you, as we've been learning, if you receive Jesus as your Savior, you are eternally secure. And if you can lose eternal life, it wasn't eternal to begin with. This burning is a loss of fellowship with God and the blessings he wants to give you. If you disconnect from the vine too long, don't be surprised when you receive God's discipline that we just talked about. Yes, yes. And because when you put yourself in that position, 
When you disconnect, you are useless to yourself, mm -hmm. and more importantly, you are useless to God. And if you have found yourself in this position, then you need to repent and get reconnected with God. Amen? So living in the fear of God, especially in these perilous times, means you need to stay aware of God's presence and his power. And then you need to acknowledge the grave nature of sin. Don't take sin lightly. It repulses God. Disrespects God. Then lastly, you need to stay connected to the fire. When you do that, you will be living your life in the fear of God. Not in fear of God, but in the fear of God. Amen? Please stand to your feet. Amen. Stand to your feet. If that's anyone that has disconnected themselves from the vine or have never been connected to the vine, first of all, if you have never been connected, today is your day to receive Jesus as your Savior. And if you have disconnected yourself from the vine, the way to reconnect is to, to repent of your sins and get reconnected to the vine. We are living in a day and time, these last days, where God needs us, first of all, not to fall for the spirit of delusion, as I talked about last week, but also living our lives in the fear of God. You can't live in the fear of God if you don't know Him. God has done more for you than you can even imagine even think. He's been good. He is a good guy. However, God will discipline you. He will discipline you. He, he will let you go out there and hang yourself. Amen. But he loves you so much that he keeps the door open for you right now. All you have to do is humble yourself, repent, and heal.